Hello, my friends. Joe Zank uh, coming to you with a Cup of Joe podcast on Tuesday, June 23rd. My love to you and my blessings and support. I hope you are well uh, wherever you are. I hope this day uh, just is one where you, um, again, feel the presence and closeness of God, that you feel involved in the work that you are doing, uh, that you feel uh, that sense that you are part of something larger um, and that you are working with uh, the universe, if I can use that term, with the God of the universe and participating in helping build the kingdom where you are. Um, We continue through uh, Matthew chapter 7 today. We're going to do a little bit of skipping around Uh, And I think that's setting up tomorrow's gospel really well. I don't think it's set up for today because tomorrow's is such a gorgeous chunk that I think whoever put the lectionary together just wanted it in its entirety. So we are going to hit the verse before it and a couple of verses after it. So for those who may be having a scripture at home and and reading along, we are going to look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, and verses 12 through 14. So Matthew 7, verse 6 and 12 to 14. So let us pray. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not give what is holy to dogs, or throw your pearls before swine, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, this is where we would jump now to verse 12. Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction, and those who enter through it are many. How narrow the gate and constricted the road that leads to life, and those who find it are few. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. These are a little tougher today, aren't they? I mean, it's, uh, Jesus is, he's naming some hard truths for us. And again, kind of like yesterday, I think there are two points, um, again, probably many more, but two that I'm going to point out. The first is chapter six, where Jesus talks about, do not give what is holy to the dogs or throw your pearls before swine, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and tear you to pieces. That's a difficult saying, because on one sense, it really is saying, listen, keep what you have to yourself and don't try to give it to those that you deem unworthy. I I mean, it really sets up something that says there's an in and an out. There is a, a worthiness and an unworthiness, and I get to choose which is which. And it really seems to be an exclusivity in the gospel. And, and I, I can't believe that's what Jesus is saying here because that doesn't make sense for me in the context of the gospel. Jesus seemed to want to give it away to everyone. But I think what he's saying, um, again, I can only, this is conjecture. Please don't put this in the, in the mouth of Jesus or in the mind of Jesus. But I think What he's saying is he's inviting us to be people 
women and men of discernment. And I think we have to do that every day. So I think what he's comparing it is we carry that treasure. We carry those pearls within us. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we always have to be ready. As Paul says, we have to be quick with a reason for our hope. We always have to be ready to share that with those around us. But I think you and I do this already is we have to discern whether the soil is ready or not. That doesn't mean it's exclusive. It doesn't mean you're a dog or a swine to use the, uh, the images presented. It doesn't mean I am better. It doesn't mean you are not worthy of this gospel. It means the time may not be right for them because the soil is not tilled and it wouldn't accept the seed uh, or, or the water that I give to the seed uh, is going to be repelled and I can see that. Um, I mean, there are times in our lives, brothers and sisters, where we may have a group uh, in which we know we can go to deep levels of sharing the gospel or questioning the gospel or questioning where we are as church and what we're doing and what our mission is. But you add one person who may not be at that level, maybe a beginner in their faith, maybe a novice, maybe somebody who isn't even a believer at this point, and that changes the conversation entirely because it changes the dynamic. doesn't mean that person is not good. It means we approach it differently. And so what I think Jesus is inviting us here to, as he said, is to be women and men of discernment as to when we move forward with those words and cast those pearls. Um, And when we don't, um, I think we are always called to be women and men of uh, Christian virtue and life. And so I hope that we are always practicing that. And I know we always fall, at least I do, away from that. But um, that we are doing our best to live that virtue and, and preach the gospel as, as the, the saying goes, oh, in the midst of something here, Carrie. Okay. Uh, as the saying goes, uh, we uh, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Um, and so I hope that, that that's something we are doing in all circumstances of our life. But there are times that we need to be quick with the reason for our hope. I remember a friend of mine, this was years ago, saying, you know, you never know when those times are going to come. Um, he said he was outside working on, on the lawn. I think they were digging up something in their lawn. He was digging with his oldest son. And the oldest son just looked at him and asked a question like, Dad, what is it we believe in? Or, or something to that effect. And, of course, his dad just thought they were out there you know, digging in the lawn. But that was the opportunity when the seed could be planted. It may not have been ready before. It may not have been ready after. But at that moment, his son sought that, that wisdom. And we have to be quick with the reason for our hope when it presents. And at other times, we trust that if our living isn't doing it fully, we trust that that seed will be ready to be planted um, by others. And that's where we're grateful we are not just individuals of faith, but that we are a community of faith. 
and that what I can't bear or I can't carry at this point, you can. And I'm grateful for that. Um, and what you can't bear at times, others listening here can. And maybe on occasion I can. We are a community that works together. Um, and each of us speak our own language at times when those pearls will be cast well. But we have to be people of discernment to decide when that is and how that is and when that may not be. So I think that's point number one. Then point number two, I would go to the second part of the gospel where it skips to, to verses 12 to 14. Uh, the first part, Jesus says, do, I mean, it's, it's wonderfully succinct, do to others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets. Remember, the law and the prophets made up all the books virtually of the uh, Old Testament, what you and I would call those, the Hebrew scriptures. He's basically taking all of those 613 commandments and saying, yeah, this is what it's about. Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. Again, remember when we talked about it in, in chapter 5 of the Sermon on the Mount, that the law was when uh, God took the Hebrew people and said, you will be my people and I will be your God. And anything that denies and separates the people from God or separates the people from themselves, that denies the law, it undercuts the law. And, and the law is whatever helps coalesce that, the people to one another, the people to God, uh, and I would argue the, a, a person to themselves too. And so do whatever, to do to others whatever you would have them do to you certainly fulfills that. I mean, it takes commandments four through 10 and just basically sums it up in that and says, yeah, that's, that's how we treat other people. But I want to talk more about the last part. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction. And those who enter through it are many. How narrow the gate and constricted the road that leads to life. And those who find it are few. I've talked many times, brothers and sisters, about uh, addictions and how you and I and everybody seeks life in places where life can, cannot be found. There is only one who is the author of life, and that, of course, is God. And whenever we seek it elsewhere, again, the, the, that elsewhere is legion. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we each have dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of places we seek life, which I think is why Jesus is saying the road is broad, because we, we seek it at, at, at so many other multiplicity of, of locations and, and attitudes and, and um, peoples and, and things. And he says, there's only one. It's, it's, it's God. There's only one road, the constructed the road that leads to life. That, that's, that's our God. But I want to talk today about how do we see God? And I want to use a parable that's a wonderful parable. Some of you may remember I've used it before in a reflection at church. It's by Nikos Kazantzakis. Um, Kazantzakis is uh, the, the writer of Zorba the Greek and uh, The Last Temptation. And this is a parable that Kazantzakis uh, writes in The Last Temptation of Christ. And um, I came across it uh, in the book The Holy Longing by Ron Rollheiser. If you have not read The Holy Longing, oh, brothers and sisters, I urge you to do that. It is such a good book. Um, <clears throat> the Search for a Christian Spirituality. Not a, a, a heavy read, a super heavy read, but not a light one either. Um, you know, don't just, 
don't just show up and assume it's going to be an easy, you know, to get through it. But, but you don't have to necessarily pack a lunch either. It's just so fantastic. And he uses this to talk about how we find God in the world, uh, this parable by Kazantzakis. And it goes like this. <clears throat> a man came up to Jesus and complained about the hiddenness of God. Rabbi, he said, I am an old man. During my whole life, I have always kept the commandments. Every year of my adult life, I went to Jerusalem and offered the prescribed sacrifices. Every night of my life, I have not retired to my bed without first saying my prayers, but I look at the stars and sometimes the mountains and wait, wait for God to come so that I might see him. I have waited for years and years, but in vain. Why? Why? Mine is a great grievance, Rabbi. Why doesn't God show himself? Jesus smiled and responded gently. Once upon a time, there was a marble throne at the eastern gate of a great city. On this throne sat 3,000 kings. All of them called upon God to appear so that they might see him, but all went to their graves with their wishes unfulfilled. Then, when the kings had died, a pauper, barefooted and hungry, came and sat upon that throne. God, he whispered, the eyes of a human being cannot look directly at the sun, for they would be blinded. How then, omnipotent, can they look directly at you? Have pity, Lord. Temper your strength. Turn down your splendor so that I, who am poor and afflicted, may see you. Then, listen, old man, God became a piece of bread, a cup of cool water, a warm tunic, a hut, and in front of the hut, a woman nursing an infant. Thank you, Lord, the pauper whispered. You humbled yourself for my sake. You became bread, water, a warm tunic, and a wife and a child in order that I might see you. And I did see you. I bow down and worship your beloved, many-faced face. Oh, that's so good, brothers and sisters. We look for God in so many places. And we may expect God to show up in this extraordinary way. But remember, God was not in the earthquake for Elijah. He was not in the fire. He was not in the storm. He was in the quiet, whispering sound. God does not show himself, brothers and sisters, in all those places we may seek him. But he tempers himself and shows himself to us through a piece of bread that we call the Eucharist, through a cup of cool water, through a warm tunic, a hut, a woman, and a child. God comes to us disguised as our very lives. He comes to us in ways that are soft and are life-giving to us and bless us. And don't seek us to chase after them again and again and again because they do not have the ability to satiate us. The road that leads to destruction is wide and many follow. But the road that leads to life, the one who gives life, 
That road is narrow. And brothers and sisters, we must be people of discernment to be able to see that which is blessing and that which satiates us. And we, along with the humble beggar, says, I did see you. I bow down and worship you many-faced face. Let's pray. The, um, we continue through the luminous mysteries today, so let's take a moment of silence if there is someone or something for which you would like to pray today. And we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second luminous mystery, the uh, wedding feast at Cana. Jesus turns the water into wine. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for taking time to uh, be present today. 
And uh, I look forward to us being together again tomorrow. God bless.